Hi, I'm Dan Jones. And I'm Mia Lee, and we are the editors of Modern Love at the New York Times and co-hosts of the Modern Love podcast. We read love stories for a living. And by love stories, we mean essays written by real people about all forms of human connection. We're talking about everything from first dates to funerals, from sibling rivalries to new love at 85. On our show, we're going to bring those stories to life. We'll hear from the writers and also from the people who are written about. Relationships are the most important things in our lives. And the people that tell us their stories are just so brave, like way braver than I think I am most of the time. Yeah. They're so honest and so vulnerable. And listening to the stories, I feel like you absorb so much wisdom and you get a sense that you're not alone. You can follow Modern Love wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss an episode. We hope you'll join us. New episodes are out every Wednesday. From the New York Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. Today. A Republican senator publishes a book criticizing the president and saying, quote, we have given in to the politics of anger. Now the president is going after him in his home state of Arizona and mocking him for being weak on immigration. The feud between Jeff Flake and Donald Trump and what it reveals about the mounting tensions between the president and Congress. It's Friday, August 25th. And nobody wants me to talk about your other senator who's weak on borders, weak on crime. So I won't talk about him. Nobody wants me to talk about him. Nobody knows who the hell he is. And now... See, I haven't mentioned any names. So now everybody's happy. I kind of feel like that a character from Harry Potter, uh, Voldemort, who's the, the one who shall not be named, I guess. <laughs> we called Senator Jeff Flake on Thursday. Well, it's never uh, something you want uh, for the president of your own party to go after you, but, um, but it is what it is. It's virtually unheard of for any sitting president to target a member of his own party like this. Jonathan Martin is a national political reporter. This is so personally charged by uh, what Flake has said about President Trump and his character. And so that's why Trump is lashing back like he is. He doesn't like Flake because Flake has criticized Trump. In terms of uh, some of the policies that he has adopted, and also, you know, his comportment or demeanor or manners. And I think being a conservative is not just adherence to conservative principles, and it also means that we ought to be, you know, decent. You have to go back to the campaign for president Mm -hmm. when it was clear that Trump was coming on in Senator Flake, who was in the Mormon church. And I think he had and has real character issues with Trump. Kind of on a moral basis. Yes. But it really was elevated to a kind of um, thermonuclear political (laughs) war when Senator Flake decided to write a book 
that he is titled Conscience of a Conservative, basically about his critique of President Trump. It wasn't an easy decision to make. It's easier not to. And, and you know, the, the easiest path to reelection is to, to just go along and don't ruffle any feathers and uh, to follow the herd, if you will. But I, I, I can tell you, I, I just uh, I don't think that I can do that. And I didn't tell my staff uh, campaign or, or my official staff uh, because, frankly, I didn't want to be talked out of it. And, and they are good professionals and they, and they they would have tried to talk me out of it, I think. And, that, and they should, uh, because this is not the smartest political thing. But I, but I think it's important uh, for the party. Um, it's important for the conservative movement. And I, I've been a Republican my entire life, and I, I care about where the party is. And, and I just don't think that we can be a governing majority much longer if we continue down this path. He has attacked the Republican Party for basically adopting what he calls a Faustian bargain when it comes to accepting President Trump mm -hmm. into the party. And President Trump has lashed back. He didn't miss an opportunity to attack him on Twitter on Wednesday morning. Phoenix crowd last night was amazing and a packed house, Trump tweeted. I love the great state of Arizona. Not a fan of Jeff Flake, weak on crime and border. Trump's the president the goes after him where he thinks it hurts on policy grounds to talking about immigration a lot, which, of course, is front and center in mm -hmm. Arizona, a border state. And Senator Flake is somebody who has been from the, the business wing of the party who is much more of a dove on immigration. And so the president knows that he's hurting him there with the base when he hits him on immigration. And when you say dove on immigration, what exactly does that mean in the case of Flake? It means that, that he would support a comprehensive immigration overhaul that would include a pathway mm -hmm. to legal status for, for illegal immigrants. So why is this conflict between them coming to a head right now? We are coming up against the period in which next year's budget will have to be uh, agreed upon. And will that include spending for the border wall that mm -hmm. President Trump so fervently wants? And we are building a wall on the southern border, which is absolutely necessary. Senator Flake, among others, is uneasy about that. But believe me, if we have to close down our government, we're building that wall. Let Secondly, Senator Flake is coming up on his re-election next year, and the Republican Party is actively looking for primary challengers to mm. take him out in the primary next year. And that, by the way, includes President Trump, who met with some potential primary challengers to Flake when he was in Arizona backstage. That's, that's aggressive. That's very aggressive. You just don't see that kind of thing. Uh, a president openly plotting with would-be challengers to a sitting senator. He has no institutional fidelity to the Republican Party. He is a lone operator. He is somebody who borrowed the R after his name to get the nomination and win the presidency, but doesn't really give a damn about mm. uh, the Jeff Flakes of the world or the Mitch McConnells of the world. He's about Donald J. Trump. And if you attack him, he's going to attack back. So you mentioned Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader. What we're talking about is a larger tension, and you've been reporting on it, that's developed between the president and the entire Republican leadership in Congress. Help us understand that larger battle. They are culturally very different people. I've been pretty candid with him and with all of you that I'm not a great fan of daily tweets. McConnell is cool, deliberate, consumed with tactical victories and somebody who does not say anything if he doesn't think it's going to work to achieve his goals. And as we know, 
Trump is just the opposite mm-hmm. of that. And so that clash has come to a head because the Senate could not repeal the Affordable Care Act. The president took out his anger over that on Senator McConnell. But I said, Mitch, get to work and let's get it done. They should have had this last one done. They lost by one vote. For a thing like that to happen is a disgrace. And you reported, Jonathan, along with Alex Burns, on a pretty extraordinary phone call between these two guys earlier this month. What happened on that call? August 9th, the president at his golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey, called Senator McConnell in a fury. And Senator McConnell had a local event in Kentucky that same week. And part of the reason I think that the storyline is that we haven't done much is because in part, the president and others have set these early timelines about things need to be done by a certain point. Where he said something to the effect that the president Trump didn't really understand the process, didn't quite get how Congress worked. Or democracy, I remember. It was, it was kind of diggy. It was. Now, our new president had, of course, not been in this line of work before, and I think had excessive expectations about how quickly things happen in the democratic process. I think the combination of those two things, the failure of the bill and McConnell's critique, set him off. What was so striking about our reporting, though, is that that was what triggered the phone call. But once he got on the phone with McConnell, he turned his attention to his other fixation, which is the Russia investigation. In the and the, Senate and and the topic of Russia generally. And the suggestion being that Senator McConnell isn't doing enough to protect President Trump wow. from that investigation. Yes. So how heated did the conversation during this phone call become? Uh, raised voices, profanity, heated and ugly were the, the, the two words that, that I got hmm. to describe it. Senator McConnell was elected in 1984 to the Senate. He was in local office before that. I don't think he's ever had a conversation with somebody who either was lateral to him or, you know, in a higher stature that was this demeaning. Hmm. Why is McConnell engaging this? Because from everything you're telling me about him, it's constitutionally not in his nature to be involved in this kind of a feud. And it doesn't feel as out of character for Trump. But it, it feels out of character for McConnell and maybe even dangerous sure. for him to be at odds with the president. Uh, two issues here. Number one, McConnell's fixation is retaining his majority. He's got a two-seat majority going into next year's midterm elections. What he sees the president doing when the president attacks Jeff Flake is imperiling his, Senator McConnell's, majority. That hits close to home for him. And ability to govern, right. The second issue is President Trump repeatedly lecturing Senator McConnell about this, the rules of the Senate. Points. It's a tweet from this morning. President Trump saying, Republican Senate must get rid of 60 vote now. It is killing the Republican Party, allows eight Democrats to control country. 200 bills sit in Senate. A joke. That drives McConnell a little bit nutty as well because there aren't the votes to make that change. And President Trump routinely, like once every two weeks or so, hops on Twitter and says, change the rules of the Senate. Right. The president says it's time to change Senate rules, simple majority rule. Your leader of the Senate, is it time to change the rules? No, it isn't. Uh, there is an overwhelming majority on a bipartisan basis, not interested in changing the, the way the Senate operates on the legislative calendar. And that will not happen. Why not? It would fundamentally change the the way the Senate has worked for 
a very long time. We're not going to do that. Privately, he's saying even in wars. I think privately he's bewildered that Trump has not adapted to the presidency. He, he's bewildered that Trump doesn't understand that he is <laughs> – he, he is locked. His fate is connected to the right. to the congressional Republicans, that that he is not a separate player, that they are in this boat together, and that if the, the congressional Republicans lose their majority in 2018, it's him, President Trump, whose neck is going to be on the line. Mm-hmm. It, it leaves McConnell mystified. Jonathan, how can it help the president's legislative agenda to be going after Republican leadership like McConnell? It would seem to make it much harder to get anything done, which is already the source of his original frustration. That's exactly right. Why in the heck would he go after the leadership of his own party? It makes no political sense, and it drives the Republican establishment and really all of Washington in sort of bonkers because it does not comport with anything in terms of how legislative victories are won. But he doesn't think that way. Mm-hmm. What he responds on Twitter, attacking Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. Lindsey Graham, or Jeff Flake, I don't think the thought of, well, what does this mean for the FY18 budget or the or lifting the debt ceiling or even tax reform? Mm-hmm. What are the implications if I hit send on this? Is that going to hurt my cause a month from now? That's just not how he operates. So I want to play devil's advocate for, for just a second. Can you outline a way in which the president's assault on Republicans in the U.S. Senate could theoretically be an effective strategy for him. Is there any way to look at it that way? You could. That he would so whip up his loyalists in a lot of red states especially that they would come together and pressure Senate Republicans to toe the Trump line Mm -hmm. and to get behind whatever the president wants them to do. Right. I mean, it's worth noting he, he said what he said about Jeff Flake in Jeff Flake's State. I mean, he's literally telling Jeff Flake's yes. constituents, this guy is bad, vote him out. And he's more popular among the core base of the party in Arizona than Jeff Flake is. Make no mistake about that. Right. So that could work. Well, with, with Flake, I think it'll be interesting to see how he, how he operates on the wall and if he feels pressure to fall in line on that vote now that, that Trump has pressured him. Um, I think that'll be revealing. And so that's where this really began, is targeting McConnell and some other senators like Flake. And then with Charlottesville, what happened is Charlottesville gave the Republican senators a permission structure to really openly go after the president in a way that they really hadn't before. What do you mean by permission? It suddenly allows them they to were make already, public— with- I say they, I mean the Senate Republicans, were already crotchety because Trump was going after McConnell, going after Flake, and a really sort of a frontal assault. And then the president responds to Charlottesville the way he did. And all of a sudden, they're horrified. For them, that is political poison. They don't want to be associated Mm -hmm. with that. And so I think that coming on the heels of the president attacking their colleagues, these guys had enough. And they said, you know, I'm not going to walk on eggshells anymore. I'm going to say what I think about this president. The president has um, has not yet been able to demonstrate the stability nor some of the competence that he needs to demonstrate in order to be successful. So you're alluding to this, but to bring it full circle, we're now seeing McConnell defend Jeff Flake against Trump's attacks. Is this going to be an increasing phenomenon, do you think, of 
Congress rallying together against the president. Yes. I think when the president frontally attacks members of Congress, they are going to respond and they're going to stand up for each other. So, again, I would just advise a different style. You reach out to people. Uh, you know, you, you, you're not shy about where you disagree. But again, don't make it personal. And remember, these are members of your team and you've got a lot to get done this fall. You're going to need every vote you've got in the United States Senate. Jonathan, this is perhaps a hard question to answer, but do congressional Republicans want Donald Trump to be their president? I think if you gave a lie detector test to certainly the Senate Republican caucus with the understanding that it would not be revealed who was saying what, I think the overwhelming majority of them would say that they don't think he should be president of the United States and mm. they would, they, they would prefer and they would prefer Pence to be president, not tomorrow, but in an hour, Wow, maybe half an hour. So speaking of this kind of candor you're talking about, Jeff Flake just a couple of days ago said that President Trump should watch out for a primary challenge within his own party for the 2020 nomination. Do you think the president's going to get a uh, primary opponent in 2020 the way things are headed right now? And then we'll let you go. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that certainly depends on him. Um, I, I think he could govern uh, in a way that he wouldn't. Uh, but uh, but I think that uh, the way the direction he's headed right now, just kind of drilling down on the base rather than trying to expand uh, the base, uh, you know, I, I think he's inviting one. Which is a very unusual thing to say to your president. Is, is what we're looking at a kind of snowballing towards Republicans in Congress trying to run a candidate against their own president? There's no question that privately the congressional wing of the GOP does not want him to be on the ballot in 2020. But a lot of them are constrained by the nature of their districts or their states from saying that publicly. How long does that restraint last? And what does the president do or say that may move more folks in the party to the Jeff Flake camp? Jonathan, thank you very much. Thanks, Mikey. Senator Jeff Flake spoke with my colleague, Carl Hulse. Their full interview will be available tomorrow on our other podcast, The New Washington. It's good to be back. You guys don't seem nearly as excited. I thought for sure there'd be balloons or... On Thursday afternoon, White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders was asked about the tense relationships between the president and congressional Republicans. Look, I think the relationships are fine. Uh, certainly there are going to be some policy differences, um, but there are also a lot of shared goals, and that's what we're focused on. Um, we're disappointed that Obamacare, they failed to get it repealed and replaced. But at the same time, President Trump has worked with Leader McConnell to reach out to uh, other members and to work on those shared goals. And we're going to continue to do that when the Senate comes back from recess. I want to read the, uh, the comments from Senator Bob Corker. I'm sure you've seen them over a week ago about the president saying that the president has not yet been able to dis demonstrate the stability nor some of the competence that he needs to, to demonstrate in order to be successful. He also said that he's not sure that the president understands the character of this nation. Um, do you have any response to that from a Republican senator? Uh, I think that's a ridiculous and outrageous claim and doesn't dignify a response from this podium. Major. We'll be right back. When times became uncertain, 
Womply pivoted their technology platform and committed to help small businesses and self-employed workers get approved for their PPP loan. In just a few months, Womply has helped 1 million businesses across America to secure much-needed funding so they can continue to stay open and serve their communities. Womply helps small businesses thrive. Visit Womply.com to learn more. Here's what else you need to know today. Mr. President, it's an honor uh, to stand alongside you on, on your Independence Day. On a visit to Ukraine, as it celebrates 25 years of independence from the Soviet Union, Defense Secretary Jim Mattis suggested the U.S. was prepared to supply Ukraine with lethal weapons to defend itself against an attack from Russia. We do not and we will not accept Russia's seizure of the Crimea. And despite Russia's denials, we know they are seeking to redraw international borders by force. The Obama administration had opposed sending so-called defensive weapons to Ukraine, fearing it would provoke Russia. During a news conference on Thursday, Mattis was asked if the Trump administration felt differently. Defensive weapons are not provocative unless you're an aggressor. Uh, and clearly, uh, Ukraine is not an aggressor since it's their own territory where the fighting is happening. Ukraine's president, Petro Poroshenko, agreed. Any defensive weapons, it would be just to increase the price if Russia make a decision to attack my troops and my territory. And that would be strong motivation to stop them from the very irresponsible step. The Daily is produced by Theo Balcom, Lindsay Garrison, Rachel Quester, Annie Brown, Andy Mills, and Christopher Worth. Lisa Tobin is our executive producer. Samantha Hennig is our editorial director. Our theme music is by Jim Brunberg and Ben Landsverk of Wonderly. Special thanks to Sam Dolnick, Michaela Bouchard, Dan Powell, Dan DeZula, and Pedro Rosado. Pedro, thank you for 22 years of advocating for audio here at the New York Times. For more information about the show, including links to articles by the reporters we talked to, visit nytimes.com slash the daily. That's it for The Daily. I'm Michael Barbaro. See you Monday. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? More like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. NetSuite by Oracle is the scalable solution to run all key back office operations, no matter how big your company grows. 93% of surveyed organizations increase visibility and control since making the switch from QuickBooks to NetSuite. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. Head to netsuite.com daily. That's special financing at netsuite.com daily. netsuite.com daily.